two, one. Firstly, Shane, like just looking back at your career, one All Ireland, five Munster titles, two national leagues, two All Stars. It's it doesn't look too bad. No, it's not. It's not too bad. Like um, I suppose the the thing with the All Irelands, like it would have played in five finals, all against Kilkenny, and one including a replay. Like, but um. And we won one of them, like, you know, we were very, very close, like, especially 0-9, 0-9 was probably the one that hurt the most because we, we, we played brilliantly that day as a team. We just didn't get the result, like, you know, and Kenny got a penalty and Henry buried it and it kind of shook us, like, you know, and as for the majority of us, it was our first player in the final in 0-9. Um, so that was, that, that, that was hard to take. And then 14, I suppose, the first day, Actually, only, I only watched it. I only watched the match, match back for the first time this just in the lockdown. They had it on PG Carter there, wouldn't they? I never seen the match before that. Um, it was an unbelievable game of hurling. Like I, I, it was a score, score. There was I think it was only a handful of eyes between us. Um, and that was we were like you know that was the bubbles at the free at the end. So, so they 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 were hard to take. That you could you, you could have had three all Ireland medals in eleven. I don't think we were good enough. I think Kilkenny were better than us. I think they were better set up. Um. So they, they were kind of hard to take, but I was, I was on a trip recently and uh, actually ended up sharing a room with Ken McGrath. And it just the broad load of lads retired into County Lads. And it was over in a club in New York called Rockland. And I was in with the room with Ken McGrath. And was, I was just saying to him, like, geez, I could, could have had a few more All Ireland, you know, we were chatting about this. And he goes, like, I'd give anything to have the one All Ireland medal you have. Like, and I suppose that was kind of the first time even people would be saying, oh, it's great to have the one. I suppose when, when someone like Ken McGrath says it, yeah. I have to appreciate that even if you have only one All-Ireland medal, you have you have one All-Ireland medal more than maybe 95% of the people that play GA like so. So it's nice, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very, very special to have. And look, we, we, we're fierce, we were a fierce close group and we're still fierce close, like that, that, that group is tip led. So I think that's that's a sign of success as well, like what 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 kind of what kind of friendships you make over it. Like so the medals are nice, but I think those those things are more important. Like, and you originally came in um, in 2005, your career finished up then in 2015. But early on in your career, not getting maybe to as many All Ireland finals and then winning your first Monster title in 2008 under Michael Bell's feeding at the stage. Why do you think you weren't pushing on early on in your career? Uh... And in the with with the seniors like or just in general like or uh, with seniors, I both with the seniors because we just we just weren't set up properly like we we weren't we 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 thought we were doing everything right but we weren't like and I suppose Babs would have been the manager, John Lahey would have been involved and they called Tom Barry, and like I suppose we thought we were training hard and we were training hard like but I, I kind of took. It took maybe Sheedy and like the Keen O'Neill and these guys to come in and bring in a professionalism that we didn't really know. Like, so they would have come in at the end of 07 and we would have started training in October of 07 with Keen O'Neill and these uh, and doing his training regime and his gym programs. And 
that was a big eye opener for 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 me especially a lad who were maybe there a few a couple of years at that stage that we thought we were training hard but we were only we were only cutting ourselves like we weren't training hard and I suppose that showed in our results and that we, we went out with quarter final stage in 06 and 07 to Waterford and Wexford and um, I think we just I think that was the that was that was the setup we needed like as a group the, the, the hurling was there and the majority of the group were there 06 07 or the group that continued on for another three or four years after that um, and then obviously I mean the 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 group came in the the gang like as we the boys like Paddy Noel Brendan Bonner they all would have came in then towards the end of nine and ten and they obviously transformed the thing for us like you know like we wouldn't have won the Ireland without them there's no point in saying that and it's like so and then you had the experience of like so Owen Larry Paul Kern Brendan in the goal Do you know what I mean like so it was it was it was uh, it was a great mix between them but we wouldn't have won anything without without that that group like that 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 party matter group Shane McCall and all them lads and um, I think when they go we'll find we'll find it very hard to replace them and tip I, I I don't think we have a group like them coming all together like um they just I said before like they just they remind me of the, the class ninety two that United had with you know with, with Beckham and, and Scholes two levels. Nicky Boat even like, you know, um you know, I haven't seen that group since to come together and I don't think Tip will see we we won't see a group like it again. But yeah, I suppose like uh, to answer your question, we 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 weren't we weren't professional enough for the first couple of years, you know. We were we we weren't training properly, we weren't doing the gym properly. We we hurling hurling probably wasn't number one for, for a lot of us and then I suppose that's why um we didn't get to where we wanted to. I I think it proved how good Owen was as well. Like Owen has been an all star in those years and we were we were poor, like you know, we we were we, we weren't a very very good income team, but Owen was unbelievable, and um, it's just a pity the way he had to end his career because of injury, like you know, we you know, we everyone has to end their career one way or another, but I don't think there's young lads nowadays now that are ten or eleven they've never seen Owen Kelly play, and I think that's that's a shame, like so. And Liam Sheedy, a hugely passionate Tipperary man, um, back in the hill since 2018 and you mentioned there came in and but what did he bring to the table when you were playing for Tipperary? I suppose Paul he would have brought a kind of level of professionalism that we we had no idea of like and you know Liam would have been involved with with, with the minors before he came involved with us like and even the minor lads that would have come in would have said look this this lad is He's a different gravy, like he's he's unbelievable, you know, every, every detail, like, and his man management skills are unreal. And um, anyone that's ever heard him speak, be it in a sport or, you know, maybe in a business kind of context, he's, he's unbelievable to speak. He'll hold a room. Um, as I said, his man management skills are, are second to none. And he'll, he'll firstly ask you how, how you are, like, if you go training, he won't, he won't ask you how you played the last year and like that. It'll, it'll, he'll always kind of treat you as a person first and foremost, and then as a hurler, secondly, like. And um, he's just he's just unbelievable um, professional man in everything he does. Like, and I suppose he would have went around to a lot of setups. I know he he, was, he went a good bit with into the Munster rugby setup to see how they were doing things and secretly learn it from there as regards you know how to bring a panel close or our ideas to do and then and then what he does what he did what every brilliant manager does is he 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 managed and he he built a brilliant team around him. He got Eamon O'Shea involved when Eamon O'Shea was. Very well known, I suppose, from 
from his time with in college, hurling with Galway. But a lot of people in around the country would never heard of Eamon O'Shea up to that, and he was brilliant. Keen O'Neill, as they said, you know, Keen was unbelievable um, SNC trainer, and then he would have got you know his friend Mick Ryan from Upper Church who he would have hurled together. That got him involved as well, like, and he had a really really good backroom team and. Then, uh, then, then, then all the other things that a lot of people don't see was like, you know, he brilliant physiotherapist, Sean Casey. And we all just respect John so much that if he told us not to train, we wouldn't have trained. And then, the, you know, Caroline Curry got involved and Caroline was brilliant as well at, at what she did. So, yeah, you had a, you know, you had a backroom team that was the second to none, like that a lot of people wouldn't have seen, you know, um, our, our, our nutritionist, our, our dietitian was Ethan Hearn and, and everyone will know Ethan of my operation transformation there like but again Aoife had huge respect from the group like and why and that the the things that she did is that she always calls them the, the one percenters like that she the one percenters that she would have brought like as regards nutrition and making sure we're hydrated and, and you know checking checking our urine like before we went training to make sure it was the right color so we could go training. That that's part for the course now I would say with inter county setups. But it wasn't like 13, 12, 13 years ago, you know, it was kind of maybe an unheard of. So all these things just they're all one percenters, as I said, and they just help you to get to a level of performance that you that that I think I I I feel we did like. I mean I know we got to the final in nine, we got to the final in ten, we got to the final in eleven, even when Liam wasn't involved. But we we, we lost by um, a point in in OA to Watford and we were hurling unreal but we just didn't perform that day. And we, we nearly, nearly got it at the end. And, and you know, Watford got to the final and they didn't, they just, they just didn't show up on the day. But um, we were, we, we, we hurled really, really well. We, we, we consistently hurled well in 08, 9 and 10. And like, could we have won more? Maybe, but we, we lost to the greatest hurling team of all time. So what do you do? Like, you know, I mean, we lost, we played unbelievable league finals against Kilkenny too that sometimes get lost in those who are learning finals. But, um yeah that's and that's and that's what Judy brought and there was there was a consistency and a professionalism there that um I think was was, was just unbelievable like you know and you mentioned Caroline Kurt there she's a person being talked about now a lot I suppose with the success with Limerick and previous teams like Tyrone as well and yourselves and like even some of the Limerick players were talking this year how she's been very helpful but from that psychology perspective, what does she actually bring that transform that transfers into the team? Like I, I think what she's very good at is she's there if you need her, but she won't she won't force herself to kind of talk to you like. And I think that's that's what really good sports psychologists are like. You know that if if, if you want to talk to me, you can. Like you have to understand, I suppose that. Sports psychology or sports psychologist isn't for everyone. And some people just, they just, they don't want it or they don't want to do it. And that's fine. And they'll go and they'll hurl fine. But the, it is, it is another kind of, it is another one percent. There is another help with you. Like even just to chat to someone and just kind of tell them how you're feeling or, you know, even what your goals are for the year and, and things like that. Like, so that's where, that's where Caroline was, was, was brilliant and, it, and is brilliant. And you can see she's massively respected with the Limerick group in, in the, in the mention that, how they thought of her, like I suppose even Declan Hannon in his speech, like you know, and um, I, I, I think what she was also very good at was doing simple things like having team meetings or, you know, 
if you're away in a training camp or something, and, you know, to get in the group in a room and, and just having a chat with each other and, you know, just kind of just asking each other hard questions, like, you know, and she would put the question out there and the group would answer it. And, um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll always remember, you know, I suppose kind of workshops we had maybe on training camps and there was questions asked and there was answers given and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll never tell anyone the answer to those questions. Like, and I know the rest of the group would be the same. Like, um, there was, there was answers given that I, 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 I won't tell anyone. I, I'll take my grave with me and I'd say that will be the way with the rest of the group. Like, and like, what, what were the questions she asked? I, I just wouldn't tell that. And I, I know the rest of the group as well would, would never tell. But I suppose what it did was it, it, you're kind of, you're getting someone to kind of say, look, I, I trust you now that you're going to, that you're going to take this answer and, but you're not going to tell anyone outside this group. And there was a trust there as well. That when that, when it comes down to maybe a big championship game or a big play and like, do you trust the guy enough to give him the ball or do you trust the guy enough he's going to go back and get a hook or block? And I suppose that, again, I go back to the one percenter thing that's, that's there in the back of your mind because of course you don't think it is in, in the heat of battle, like, but those things are there in the back of your mind to say, look, I trust this guy in my life. I'm going to do whatever it takes here to try and win. And I think, I think, I think Caroline is very, very good at that. With, with whatever, whatever group she goes, to, she, she kind of creates that bond. Like you know, like look at look at the Limerick lads. They have a symbol on the back of the jersey there this year. What Caroline um, a factor in doing that? I'd say no doubt she was about you know creating something that just the group know and and just Limerick know. And you know what? I, I hope the Lyric lads never tell anyone what, what, what the symbol is for. Like maybe, maybe they will someday, like, but hopefully they won't. It keeps people guessing, you know, and, and it just kind of reassures that kind of bond and closeness that, um, that a team has. Like. And you mentioned 2009 hurling so well, that final against Kilkenny. Like you started that game on fire, really. Do you feel which you, I suppose, conversion rate just maybe at the start of that game that you didn't put Kilkenny away enough? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, I suppose, like, I mean, we were we were five, four, five points up at the time. Like, you know, I mean, we were still up by a couple of points even after Henry got the penalty. Like, and like, we would have learned an awful lot as a group. As I said, it would have been, for a lot of us, our first All-Ireland final, like, you know, and it, and it would have been, like, Kilkenny would have been consistently in the finals 06, 07, 08, 09. They knew how to win finals. They knew when if 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 it got really tight, like you know what the you know, just to stay calm and all this. And uh, yeah, look uh, I I feel I feel as a as a group we performed as a group. We we really, really did. Like, you know, everyone that played and everyone that came on. And you know, they the sending off didn't really have any factor in the results either. It was just one of those games where everybody was just at the top of their game. Um, you know, similar similar to the fourteen game, everyone was just hurling so well. There is and um, everyone was always breaking even in fifteen positions around the pitch. Like so, I think disappointed with the results, but for for me, it was an unbelievable game. Like um, to be involved in, like it, it was it was phenomenal. It was a hundred miles an hour, and the Hall came into us in ten. And that was his last ever hurling match he ever competed on. He said that was the greatest game of hurling he ever seen when it was in ten. Or I, I, I actually think 09 was a better final myself <clears throat> from a hurling point of view. I just thought it was unbelievable. And so while while it was the most disappointing loss I've ever had in my career, um, it was it was it was one of the most satisfying uh, 
team performances I, I think I was involved in. And look, we just, we do need a bit of luck in the day. Um, I know, you know, uh, Sham took his shot. I think he, he slipped as he was hitting it. And I know the same. And PJ Ryan got mad at the match. Like, and when the goalkeepers get mad at the match, you know, that he's taking a lot of shots. Like, so, you know, we did have a lot of possession. We just, if one of those had to go in, we, we, we you know, we would have, we would have won it. But look, yes and buts. You know what I mean? It was, it was still an unbelievable game of Harlan to be to be involved in. Like that winter, um, I suppose after leaving all in and going through the winter, getting ready for preseason again. How much is, as a player does that all in final defeat stay with you? I think it goes one or two ways. For your point, you kind of say you've lost it and you feel that oh why why am I going to bother now? Put on my ass going to the gym again in October and all this, like we've lost it. Or it either kind of says we're so close that we, we, we can do this. And I think the majority of our group, all, all the group, you know, and Liam especially at the head of it, would have said we, we are going to win it now next year, like, you know, because it was there was just so much heart in the dressing room and even went back to the hotel and for weeks afterwards about not winning it that everyone felt that, look, we, we, we know we're good enough to get there now, we will get there. And uh, it was a massive effort put in. Even with that one, we, 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 we got hammered on Park Sweeve against Cork in the first round of 2010. I feel that we kind of nearly had one eye on just getting to the final and we just, we didn't treat that game properly. Like, you know, um, we prepared properly for it, but mentally, like, we were we were terrible. We were terrible on the day, I'd say. You, you could have been 15 lads taken off that day. Um, but look, we, we, we regrouped and we had a good chat amongst ourselves and we said, look, we need to get this right. And we... we we uh, we got we got um, we got Wexford in in the in the qualifiers and it just kind of took off from there. Then you know we getting confidence as, as uh, each round of the qualifiers went on and uh, as soon as we as soon as we got back to Cove Park, then um, we just hurled you know we started hurling really really well again. Had a great game against Galway, won by a point and played really we played really well against Waterford and then we played really well against Kilkenny. But I suppose the difference in the nine and ten final. Ten, we we the goal chances we got, we, we took them all, took all the goal chances. That was that was that was a big thing, like you know. And the week of an all Ireland final as a player, how did you deal with it yourself? Yeah, I I suppose I I enjoyed it, like you know, and the build up was always good crack, and um, you know, especially around home where I'm from, like there only be about five or six hundred people living in the parish, like so. You know, you'd have. You know, friends of the fathers or our neighbours coming over to wish you well, and it means an awful lot to them to have someone from from where they're living on the team. Like, I mean, no one, nobody ever, nobody ever played an All Ireland final, uh, senior final for tips before I did from Ballina Hinch. Like, and it's just, I know even since that I've kind of finished up that, you know, people would say it, it just, it's just not the same. Like, and and it isn't the same. If 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 you can have your club man or or uh, you know, if you can have a uh, one of the, a camogie player from your club playing in an All Ireland final, it's massive, like you know, to have the the name and the program there. And so the build ups, I, I always enjoyed the build ups. I liked them. Um, it was always good. And you know, you'd we had a fantastic liaison officer, a guy called Joe Ryan. And um, he would just just we would just give him the bags, and that was it. We wouldn't have to worry about him again until Sunday night, like for regards to hotels and the girls and the partners' bags. The same, you know, he just he was. He's the best. He's, he's, he was the best. He is the best at what he at what he does, and um, that that was all part of it, you know, getting getting suits up to the Burlington and 
And I suppose what what's less and less nowadays maybe is you know you know have a couple of open nights and you you'd, you'd um, signed a few things for for the crowds that'd be there and um, you know the, the crowds were massive um, for those those few years. It was just a great buzz around the place. We were getting to finals, and um, it was nice. It's nice, nice. I suppose I suppose from a teaching point of view. I, I would maybe always made a little bit more time for for the kids maybe than some of the boys. Some of the boys just didn't like it, and that's fair enough. But I, I always felt that you know it means so much to them. Like because I suppose you'd see them in school and they'd be talking about it. They got something signed by Shane Cannon or Brendan Maher, and it just means the world to them. Like and like we were all kids too. I I, I remember going up to Torlis in 1991 for the final. I was seven years of age and getting Bobby Ryan to sign my jersey and Nick English. Like and you know all them things are nice. So I suppose it's nice. To do that for the kids and then sure look before you know it then Jamie Callan could be after signing someone's jersey this year and in 10 or 12 years time that he a child could be the new Jamie Callan so it's it, it's nice to do that for him but I know I, I always enjoyed the build-up and um, so it, it, it was always a great week and I found the week went quick and um, even up for the match you know to be to be a bit of crack just watching and seeing seeing what be going on so look no I, I always did it I found this year very strange and um, I suppose I was lucky to be at the other final this year just working with the radio and I hope there's never an other final like it again it was just it was so weird like. and 2010 you defeated Kenny 417 and an unbelievable result Leg Corbett's three goals did you always suspect I suppose with Leg Corbett knowing Kelly that they were going to hit for him that day and was there just a confidence that you were not going to be beaten on that day yeah, I think, I think, I think we we would have really went over the heart of all nine before the ten final, and then these t-shirts started appearing of five in a row and stuff like that, and all these things, you know. So they're all kind of things to, to push you on small bit, but I just I felt as soon as we got I got back to the final, there was no way we were going to lose it, like, um, because everybody knew knew how much O9 hurt and knew that if we don't do it now, we might never do it. And, you know, there's, there's, there was this thing, you know, there's such a rivalry with P. Kenny and they're trying to stop the K do five in a row. And I got phone calls from people from Kerry, like, um, to say that, you know, you, you have to stop the Kenny doing five in a row because Kerry didn't do five in a row. Now, obviously, the Dublin footballers have blown that out of the water since. But, you know, that's, it's, it's guess what these things mean to people, like, even, you know, for someone from Kerry doing it to say, make sure you beat them now. So um, I think as soon as we got back to Cork Park on our final day in 10, um, we just, we just we weren't going to be beaten. We, we, we wanted it so much. like, And um, then the other side of it was, you can want something so badly, but we, we, we performed as well. And I think that was, and that was massive. Then, like, you know, Larry, Larry maybe touched the ball five or six times in the whole match and scored 3-1. Um, so Owen, Owen was brilliant that day. Um, Brendan Maher was brilliant. He was obviously he was exceptional. And, you know, still only he was still only nineteen or twenty at the time, like, and um, he just he was phenomenal. But everybody, everybody did something that day, be it got a hook or a block in, or, or scored a point, or gave a pass, or chase back. Everybody did something that day that that just contributed to the whole team performance, like, and you know, it was it was it was it was it was it was a great day to be involved in, like, you know, it's something you know always remember, obviously, like. But I think it was it was very important that we performed and we did perform and. I think the performance was uh, was worthy. The, the victory was, was worthy of the performance. Yeah. And, and unbelievable games, wicked. And but how did you actually prepare yourself back then for them type of games you had with Kenny over your career? Yeah, 
like even even if you take if you take Shamey, like you know or Noel, these lads like they they've played in maybe seven All Ireland finals now I think, and they've never played anyone except Kilkenny, like you know, and we we never played anyone except Kilkenny in finals. Um, and it was just it, it was like I don't know what it was. It was it was like par for the course. It was par for the course that it was it was always in Kilkenny in the final, like, and 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 everything was the same. Like the road up was the same, the traffic got heavy at the same spot, and the colours you'd see in Crow Park. The only thing that changed, I suppose, was whoever was playing the minor beforehand, maybe, and that and that was kind of it. Like I mean, everything else was it was the first time you played it was the same as the fifth time you played it and you know um that was it so I suppose that was that was good in a way that uh, it was kind of like you know just kind of we were used to the occasion we were used to it being Kilkenny I, I I you know I, I it would have been it would have been great actually you know just to to play a different team apart from Kilkenny um in in one of the finals just to see what 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 that would have been like or what the atmosphere would have been like you know what I mean because we were so used to the atmosphere of the typical Kilkenny's and like the the other side of that was you you had so many people wanting to go to those games too because it was our Celtic Kilkenyan because we were both at the height of our powers at the time you know no more so than Limerick are now and the Galway are now as well like you know that, that people really want to go to those games so we had people would have, would have came from everywhere you know and it was the world of people would have came flew flew home from America and, and stuff like that for the game so yeah you look the our Celtic Kilkenny. They were they were they were great occasions, you know, and um, I suppose there was never a bad one between us, you know. And a lot of people think there's a hatred really among Tip and Kilkenny, but there's there's a huge respect really among players. Even yeah, there's been charity games, and you you both played really amongst each other. Yeah, yeah, like we've been lucky enough to go on trips together, and you know the Tip Kilkenny lads, a lot of them would have went to college together. Or, like say Owen would have went to school down in Kilkenny, and Peggy Fogarty would have went to school in Turles, and there's like there, there there's there's no hatred between the players. I I know there there might be a thing. I think it's more of an older generation thing, Paul. To be honest, that there there is, especially on the borders there, you know, between Arlingford and Gortnahu and these places. That but I I even feel now even last year 2019 the build up to the final, I went down to Arlingford to do a thing, and it, it was it was just real good friendly banter. Like there was no, I think the hatred thing is gone. I think there's, um, you know, it's just two real, two great rivals, like, you know, um, you talk about hate, like, I suppose, I, I, I've been lucky, I, I suppose I'm a Man United supporter, but I've, I've been to Anfield as an away supporter, and they hate each other, they, they really hate each other, they hate each other where they would actually, you know, they would, they could kill each other, whereas typical Kenny fans, They'll hop off each other, they'll sit beside each other in the Hogan stand or whatever, you know, and it, it might get fairly heated, but at the at the end of the day they'll walk up the steps and they might have a pint with each other on on, on the way on the way out of Crow Park. Like so. I think there's a massive respect, there's huge respect between the players anyway. I, I, I know that. Um and you know, you could see that even there's a players lounge in Crow Park that, that you, you go into after the game and you have a few drinks before you get in the bus and get wherever you go and um there's always massive respect win win lose or draw between both sets of teams uh, in there, and uh, you know there's a you shake hands and you respect each other. You don't have to like each other, but I think I think there is a massive respect there between both sets of players, even even nowadays. Like you know, um, you know even last year with the final, I you know the boys would have would have massive massive respect for each other. Like, 
In the last two decades, maybe every time after Tipperary win the All Ireland on that night, there's so much talk about two in a row. After 2010, yeah. it was obviously a huge goal to try and go back to win the All Ireland. 2011 came up short against Buchanan. But as players within Tipperary, did you feel the pressure? Do you think after 2010 going for two in a row? No, I don't. I don't think the players did. Like, um, I suppose we would. The management changed, and that was that was massive. Like, you know, because like what's been the consistent thing with with Kilkenny over the years has been Cody. Like, so he's always been there, and he's always been at the top of the, the top of the pyramid. Like, you know, and that's that's massive to have that consistency. And I suppose it, it was it was massive for us as a group that that the management, you know, um, stepped down and we had a new management, and that takes time to adjust to a new management and takes time to adjust to a new setup like you know and we got to an all in the final in 2011 you know I've been totally honest not not reaching our potential like as in performance in, in comparison to the three years before that like and I suppose we went into the final in 2011 maybe not really being tested we had, we had a tough game against Dublin right in the semi-final but we came through Munster very very easy that year and um, we played Waterford on a park Creeve and you know, it was just it just nothing went right from that day. We and uh, we got, I think Larry got four goals that day or something, and it was just one of those days for Damon. It was one of those days for us, and um, we got the same final against Dublin, as I said, and we got over the game. And we, we probably went into the final not not tested and you know not not fully ready to perform in in a final, and um, you know we came up short against against Kilkenny, but there, there's. The pressure was there, I suppose, Paul, because the 21s had won so had such a big win in 10 as well the week after, and then we we had won it. And I think it was all this talk that Tipper going to dominate now and senior and under 21 wouldn't have been felt by the players, but I suppose it would have been said a lot. Like and like I suppose people forget that we we did get to the All Ireland final again in 2011. Like it wasn't the fact that we got knocked out in the first round of the championship. Like we won the Munster final, and we won the Munster final again in 12. You know what I mean? Like people who sometimes forget those things. Like there's a lot of counties would would love to have to to have got to the most most of the finals that we got to as a group. Like so, um, for 2011, yeah. The back to back thing is, I, I I don't know what it is. You know, I mean, it's not discussed by the players. It hasn't been done since the 60s, I think, by by Tipperary. Um, and you know, I tell you, I I think nowadays anyway, very very hard to do back to back nowadays. So many counties are so professional now that there's no kind of stone left and turned. And then it's just a matter of right, who has the best set of hurlers? Because everybody's training the same, everybody will do the same gym, everybody will be as fit as each other, everybody will probably be as strong as each other. But it comes down to the right, who has the best set of hurlers and who has the best system? And at the moment it's it's limerick like. And it probably has been limerick for maybe the last two or three years. Like. Um, you know, they were unlucky, they were lucky in nineteen. You know, they they went they were nine points down at one stage, and still controversial decision doesn't get them to another final. And just watching them this year, I just thought they could have gone another two or three years if they wanted to. I think they're they're serious for. I think Kinnock is massive with them. But so will back to back be done in the next few years? I think Limerick had the best chance of doing it anyway. Obviously at the moment, but uh, will it be done? Jesus, it's it's hard to know. It's hard to know. And you mentioned the semi-final again against Dublin. Um, a Tipperary man playing for Dublin that day, Brian O'Dwyer, like looking back at his Laker Gale. Did it make you think, Neil, when you were watching the Laker Gale, that 
he would have been some addition to Tipperary. I don't know. Hard <laughs> to know. Hard to know. And then um, in 2012, um, not the greatest year you would have liked, uh, one monster, of course. 2013, I think it was Eamon O'Shea put you captain. And you, I heard you saying before that you don't think the captaincy suited you. No. Not into the county level anyway. I actually really enjoy being a captain in the club there, there last year, hopefully this year as well. But I really enjoy the club level. I suppose I'm at a different stage in life now as well, like kids as well, and married and stuff. And don't don't really put the pressure on myself anymore with the hurling kind of playing hurling to enjoy it now. Twenty thirteen put way too much pressure on myself. Uh got was more kind of worried about what everyone else is doing. I was reading stupid stuff about how to be a captain and all this crap like and, I was just, it was just, it just wasn't good. Like, you know, played well in a few of the matches, but against Kilkenny down in Northern Park, unbelievable atmosphere. And I just froze, like, just, just very, very bad. Very disappointing for me in a personal level. Would have got a lot of, I don't know if I can curse now on this now or not, Paul, probably not, but I would have, would have got a lot of shit, like, from people, definitely from Tipperary more so than anywhere else. You know, like, and tired take, like, you know, it's, it's, it's People forget you, you. You do go to do your best, and someone sends a letter into your house saying that you're a disgrace. This, that, the other, like that's not. It's 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 kind of it's one of the it's one of the bad sides of the game. Um, so look, what can you do? Um, I always fear disappointed with myself after 13. I was just I, I didn't mind. I didn't want to hurt the tip anymore after 13, to be honest. And I didn't think I was even going to get picked again. And met when I met him in, in October that year, and met him in a hotel and I thought he was meeting me to say, look, that's this, your, your career is done. Like, but it wasn't. He was just saying, look, you won't be captain anymore, but, you know, kind of take a bit of time to yourself, get yourself right and come back maybe a month or two after the rest of the group. Like, and that was the best thing ever happened to me. Um, I was living in Limerick at the time with, with Brendan, actually, with Brendan Maher, and would have trained very, very hard with Brendan. And Brendan is more professional. And I went out then and probably when I had, the following year then, just on a personal level, I thought it was massive for me. I got an all-star, hurled probably one of the best years of hurling I had with Tip. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed my hurling. And in 15 as well, really enjoyed my hurling. So it was it was nice to finish up that way. Because if I had to finish in 13, it would have been a killer. Like, But um, yeah, the captaincy thing, it's not for everyone. I think Shane is a brilliant captain and in, in what he does and what he says. And I know the group's massive time for him. Brendan is a brilliant captain. Owen, Owen was an unbelievable captain with us as well. Um, you know, so it's not it's not for everyone. What did I, if I, if I learned that now, if I could pass advice to anyone who, who becomes a captain, you have to worry about yourself first and foremost. You're, you're, you're not picked as captain to be going around worrying how everyone else is playing. You're, you're picked as captain because, you know, you're one of the many leaders, like, and, um, you know, I spent too much time going around worrying about everyone else. But, you know, I suppose a few of the boys would have said to me since, you know, that, I felt that I was a good captain because because I did that. Like, but you know, my advice to anyone if they were captain of any team of any group and anything would be you know worry about your you have to get get yourself right first, and then uh, you know get your performances right and get yourself ready to perform, and then you can as, as a captain you can kind of uh, check in with the group or you know have a leadership group there and be part of it and you know relate stuff back to the management and stuff. But yeah, don't overthink it either. I think that's. That's what I hated. And you talked there like about the abuse some GA players can get and 
it's atrocious really we've seen it in so, so many counties do you think yeah. Hamilton, the GA or even as a past player that we can do to I suppose cut out some of it no, I wouldn't think so. I think, I think, I think the letters thing is kind of gone, like because if people want to do, you know, they've got Twitter, like, or <laughs> do you know what I mean, like, and uh, that, that, that's that's fair enough. Like when you're when you're, you're putting yourself out there, I suppose, you know, when when you're at that level, playing at that level, someone someone is going to want to say something. Someone's going to want to try and cut you down. Someone's going to want to try and um, knock your confidence or something. So. Um, look, I suppose the, the the letters thing, I think I think is is far and few between. I don't think it happens all the time. Um, I suppose the reason it happened to me maybe because I was captain of the tip at the time and it would be, it's a massive honour and it is still a massive honour and I can say it the day that I was captain of the tip, seen a hurler and I said it was it was brilliant, and it is brilliant. But um, in tip, I suppose when the captain doesn't perform, you know maybe they they just can't understand why, and I suppose some people, especially kind of older generation, would feel like maybe the way I'm going to get this my point across to him is not the way till I meet him in person. I'm going to send a letter, like so. But look, I mean, to be honest, you just you just have to kind of get over these things. I listened to Cheddar Plunkett one day. He just he made a great point. He said the best thing to do is you just can't give him any oxygen at all. Just crunch it up, throw it in the bin. That's all you can do. And um, like I suppose people didn't be saying why you talk about it. I suppose you're talking about it to kind of let people know that look it does go on and don't 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 let it affect you just the person writing you the letter is more affected by this than you probably are they probably let it bother them more so you just kind of move on with your life as best you can but i always find the twitter side of things funny like because you know to be a lad abusing you there and you could you might go on look at the profile and you're just going like you know they've probably never done anything themselves in their life you know as regards sports or anything so but i always, I always get a good old laugh with you now some days and uh some days you go on there and you you nearly be looking for a bit of aggro just to just to pass a few hours. But um, no, I don't. Uh, I think I think intercounty players nowadays, Paul, are very very good at dealing with that. And I think what what I do like seeing is that, that you know a lot, a lot of them are getting kind of media training now or how to deal with these things. Like, and I think I think that's something I would like to see. I'd like to see more kind of you know professional soccer players in England get media training and they're they're told how to deal with the media, how to deal with things like that. And I'd, li- I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that in the uh, in the GAA, that maybe players getting a bit more media training, just how to deal with things or maybe how to deal with the abuse side of things and, you know, um, you know how, how, how to deal with the papers and stuff like that when you are talking to them. I think that would be very beneficial. Like. And 14, like a great year of hurling uh, from your own perspective, but the first year Hawkeye, implemented bowls as the free at the end. You yeah. you must progress in one way that Hawkeye was brought in that year because Ah sure look I suppose like if it was if it was before the, the I mean the umpires would have maybe gone off the road the crowd like you know because I think the majority of the crowd felt it was over the bar and it was very very close now. So some to some distance out like it was a fair free. Um but the way, yeah, sure. Look, I, I, I think you could, you could beat yourself up over, over those things like as well, you know. Um, like any lads or a lot of lads might say that maybe it wasn't even a free, like you know. So, what can you do? Um, just one of those things, one of those things. And I suppose they, the, the team, normally the teams that win replays are the teams that learn the most from the first game. And Kilkenny probably, no, maybe, maybe, maybe they learn more than us. Probably the second day was still a brilliant, another brilliant game of hurling. Um. What's your look to Hawkeye thing? What what can you do? It, it was there and uh, the decision was made 
you have to move on and just be 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 glad that you were involved in it like and be be glad of the experience of it all like you know and I, I think the experience of 14 and even 15 losing to, to Galway by the point I think that really galvanized the boys for 16 and even you know even since like that you know that you have to take these chances and the, the, to be fair to the boys they have the team performances in 16 and 19 have been exceptional since like you know it really really has like and as well retiring at 31 um, years of age did you just feel when retiring in 2015 that you had enough of the intercounty game um, yeah, I did and I didn't. Uh, like fitness wise, I was I I felt really good. Um, I was re- I was enjoying the hurling. I felt I was hurling well. I suppose things would have changed here at home for me in regards that um, you know, a couple of things happened at home here. My 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 wife's man would have passed away, and her dad has would have passed has passed away beforehand, and like the way training was gone, like. I was putting, I was getting a gear bag ready six nights a week, like, and I just, you know, life, life has to come first, I suppose, and it's very hard to kind of, you know, to, to leave someone under their own six nights a week after, after, you know, going, going through stuff like that, and, um, like, I, I, I was feeling good and everything, but, um, like, they were getting the decision, I don't, I, I absolutely don't, and, I suppose in, in 2016 during the summer while the boys were playing Munster Championship, I was I was up in Alaska with with my wife Joanne and we were on our honeymoon and I suppose that's something I wouldn't have been able to do if I was still playing hurling. Like and that, that we'd, I, we uh, we had a great year in 2016. We had a great year going to the games. Um, we went to, went to all the games and um, supporting the boys. And you know how did I feel when the boys went to final? I was absolutely thrilled for the boys. And was there a little bit of you saying, "What if?" Sure, of course there is. Like you're only human. But like you, 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 you have to move on, like you know, and a new group, and you're just there for a while, and you have the jersey for a while, and, and all you're doing is, is is just wearing it for a while, and you pass it on to someone else, and that's 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 what you do, like you know. So I don't have uh, I don't have any regrets about it. I had an absolutely brilliant career, and uh, I I made some great friends out of it, and I had some unbelievable experiences. And I'll be totally honest, it, it, it has helped me to get where I am in life now because of the experiences I had and uh, what I learned from it. Like, so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there would be very, very happy to, to, to have done what I, what I did as well or what I was lucky to win. Like, so um, it, the, the day has to come for, for everyone to, to call it a day. And that, and that was it for me. And that was it for, I suppose, for, for Mahoney as well. We would have started together and we finished together. We would have went to every game together because Connor couldn't go on a bus. Couldn't travel in the bus because of travel sickness. So Conor Manny drove his car to Crow Park for every other final that we played behind the bus. So you know, that's probably something a lot of people don't know as well. Like, you know, we would have drove behind the bus in the motorway and just great, great memories like for of doing that and great crack, you know, even getting pulled in by the guard a few times. And they're great, they're 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 great things to look back on, like, you know, so and you talked about great years for a tip in 2016, 2019, came up short this year in the quarterfinal against Galway, but there is some great young hurlers in tip that we probably haven't seen enough of yet. Billy Seymour and Alan yeah. now coming back as well is huge. Like, do you think this is the year now that we're going to see a lot of these tip youngsters? I I think this is the year for, for the boys that you're going to, if, if that, that we will have to see new a couple of new players. And um, like if we, 
like will will we win the All Ireland with the same fifteen? You know, that won the All Ireland in nineteen. No, you, you probably won't like, because the thing has changed again. You see, you know, Limerick, Limerick have got stronger again. Galway are very good, and you know, like Kenny are just—they're always there. There, there, there is like you know, there'll be a transition there again. You know, and they'll get a couple of new guys in. So we, we really, really will have to, you know, for Jake. I, I, I thought Jake, Jake had a good year for us. I, I think, uh, I think he's probably front runner for Young Hurler of the Year. And if they're if they're based around kind kind of consistent performances, um, you'd have a couple of guys in from the from the twenties, like you know, Owen Connolly will probably go in and get involved. Billy Seymour, as you mentioned, and um, you know Kevin Maher from Bursley, really like him, really like what he's about. And there's you know, there's a there's there's a few guys even that that maybe weren't on the twenties this year, but because of the training that the boys are doing at the moment. It'll be physically stronger, you know, and fitter and everything, and they and and they might push on. So they're going. They're for for me, Paul. I suppose for for Tip to be successful this year, we're going to need, probably need to see two or three new faces consistently in the starting fifteen. Who will those guys be? It's very very hard to know. It's very very hard to know. And um, the league that's getting pushed back now, you know, and uh, what way are they going to run the championship? I know the format is. It's kind of two chances, I think, in the hurling. Um, if you lose your if you lose your first game, you're going to qualifiers, and that's it. Same same um, same as it was 2020. So you just don't know. Like I mean, you could you could go out and it mightn't happen for these guys in the first game, and you can end up playing a qualifier game. And you know, against against anyone anywhere, weather conditions. You know, you take even take Wexford this year, like you know, or, or in 2020. You know, with the weather and everything in in Port Leash that day, and they would have been looking at themselves to try and get back to another final because they would have felt they should have been there and they, they, they should have been tipped they, they tip in the semi-final last year but they didn't and I suppose they would have felt you know were very very close with 2019 and look they went out in and they just they just didn't perform so um, I, I really hope we do see two two three new faces consistently making the team for for, for, for tip this year but I know every I know every county team is, are training Trend strong, trend hard at the moment on their own, and I'm sure they're absolutely hopping off the gym as well because there's very little else they can do. So I'd say you're going to see, especially for the first few rounds of the leagues, I'd say you're going to see inter-county lads as big as rugby lads because that's what they've been doing, like the gym. You know, it's, it's, it's been hard to get together as groups. It, it's, it's just not allowed. So even the running they'll be doing, you know, it's just not the same running on your own as in the group. But I'd say you're going to see absolute animals in mean. Uh, playing playing hurling this year because I'd say the gym and the folks in the gym, because there's not much they can do or not much they can do, will 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 be massive. Do you think for I suppose youngsters within the inter county setup are breaking on their first year this year? Do you think it's very hard for them now that training on their own virtual training? Yeah, it is. It is very hard because they could be getting brought in off the back of a good twenty championship or a good club championship, and they they, they might think that. That they're there and they're ready for it, and in the first night they go in and they, they have to mark Jamie Callan or someone like that inside in training, and they're, they they get a rude awakening. Like so, but they don't. They're not going to get much competitive environment with top inter county lads before they get a chance maybe to play a national league game. And then the other side of it is, like while the league is there, supposed to try out things, a manager isn't really going to maybe trust the guy enough to just throw him in. And not and not 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 have seen him play at all, maybe in kind of an internal game or an A versus B kind of scenario. 
where he could be tested against, you know, one of your top 10 guys. Like, you know, you'd have a guy coming in, for example, off the back of a really, really good club championship campaign, would have would have played consistently well for the club. And then he comes in training and in the first couple of nights training, he's getting cleaned out by, by you know, a guy that's maybe top five player on, on an inter-county panel. And then you realise you have to set yourself say, look, I I I thought it was going well here. Like I need to I need to reassess where I'm at here. I need to change how I'm reading the game. I need to I need to get quicker. I need to get stronger. And I suppose as you said, like Paul, new guys coming in who haven't experienced that aren't going to get probably much competitive games or much competitive time under the belt before they're maybe thrust into the league. But again, that will come down to the manager. And if the manager trusts you enough, and you know the league, I think the league I think the league will be very very important to. For lads to learn, first of all, and secondly, for for a management to, to to build a panel, a panel of guys that they trust, like. And you've been involved in the media, as you were saying, and you you got to go to many games this year. How have you found being involved in the media over the last few years, um, analysing early games? Yeah, I loved it. I, I love it, Paul. To be honest, um, I suppose the first year of it, I suppose you're. You're kind of weary what you're saying. Um, I suppose 2017 probably was my first kind of year doing doing matches maybe consistently with 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 the radio and, and kind of doing and kind of you know interviews like this, like you know, um, and you're kind of weary what you're saying. And I found maybe even in the last year or so that I find it easier to be more honest about things and just to say that it is because that's what people want to hear and you know that's what people tune in to hear. But I I absolutely love it. I I love doing the radio. Um, I love doing um, talk about hurling like this. I, I love analysing games. I love seeing how teams are going to set up. I, I love watching. I love going in. If I'm doing the if I'm doing the match, try and get there really early because I love watching the warm up. I suppose I'm, I'm trying to learn myself as a coach, and I love watching the Paul Canorks and the Mikey Beavins warm up and seeing what they're doing and are they doing that different or why they're doing. Or this year, I suppose was was brilliant in in the way you could hear what. You could hear what Paul Canork was saying to him. You could hear what Beavens was saying to him, and to be there and to hear it. And what I what what I've learned a lot is that you don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel with top inter-county teams. Like I, I, you know, you go into a setup. If you went into a Limerick setup, you feel if you're not doing the most complicated, you know, erratic drill, that it's not going to be good enough. Whereas if you bring it back and look what the, Paul Canork is doing, he is. They just have the basics so good, and all their drills are just their basics and their mini games and. They're going back again, and that's that's what they're really good at. They're 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 the best team at the basics, at, at ball to hand and hand passing the ball and all these things. Like, and they're so good off the shoulder as well. So, um, I I love the media. Um, I I love doing the games. Um, it, it was it was like especially this year now with everything that was going on. I have the program now for the All Ireland final this year. Um, my wife put it away somewhere safe, and that'll be nice now in forty fifty years time maybe to look back on that and to say you were actually at that game. Now, I know maybe thousands of people will say they were, but I, I know for a fact there was only probably two or 300 people there. And to be one of those now is nice. It's nice to say you were there in the year that was in it. Um, do, do, do I hope it's the same again this year? Absolutely not. I hope there's never an all Ireland final again where there's no crowd there because it's, it's just so weird, so strange to look down and see nobody there. And like does it does it take from it a small bit? Probably the atmosphere wise it does. I'm sure the the medal means as much if not more because of all the adversity players that have gone through. But I mean, I mean like you you play hurling or you play sport 
to win and you and you win so you can have you can have the crack and you know the crack is just not the same from any team winning this year be it a county final in tip or the all Ireland final it's just not the same crack because you just can't enjoy it really with your friends with your family you know and and just soak it all in and, and have your homecoming and everything and so yeah so look i'm uh, really looking forward to, to to the media again this year and um you know it's 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 great like it's it's just a great outlet do you know what it, do you know what it is paul it's it's when you, when you step away from being a player and and everything like that it's nice it's nice to be going to match days and uh, being able to talk about the game and knowing that there's a good few people listening to you good good better and different like and then you're above in the media place and you know you see legends like Michal Marty walking around the place and it's lovely just just to say hello to him and ask him what, what does he think of the game because he would still often go still be in the media section you know just there hanging around like so it's great to meet these lads and like, you, you Tommy Welsh beside you for working for news talk and you know like, what a what a legend he is like you know what a what a sound man he is as well and that there I think I, it's, it's great like that that's that's one of my favorite things about it is getting to meet all these people and, and getting to go to the games like would you find yourself the week of a game maybe involved with media doing I suppose a lot of research about different players yeah I would I would because I, I I would have my my notes and um you know go through the meetings of the game the meetings and if that in particular kind of came up something peculiar maybe that you could throw out in the radio some kind of I I, lo- I love the stats like you know so you could throw something out like you know what, what a player's average in a game or you know, um, what what kind of is the average of uh, of points scored or goals scored between these teams down through the years? Kind of give people an idea of maybe what to expect or what's coming up or if something happens in the game, and you know, kind of relate that back to maybe the last time that would have happened. And um, you know, the like the RT commentators are they're brilliant for that. Park Lodge is 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 absolutely brilliant. That you know, having little tidbits like that. And so the, the first couple of times I would have went, I, I didn't have a huge amount of notes, but. After that, um, you know, it's like going into an exam. If you have the work done, you feel better about it. And I always feel better when I have my if it's two or three pages of stuff written out in front of me that I, that I can use for some little tidbit during the game and can have the program there. And, you know, I always find it fascinating, whoever you're doing co-com with, that everyone has their own kind of template of, you know, of, of how they view the match. Like, say, maybe one commentator might have a, a column and they'd have the minutes written down and everything that happens minute by minute. And, you know, someone else might have, you know, players and, and what the player has achieved and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's 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 it, it's 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 a fascinating thing to kind of go go and do it. And while you're listening to it, maybe at home or you're watching it on the telly, you just think, oh, this has just been rattled out. But most people don't realize the amount of work that goes into the research that you know the people who are top of their game at these things do to you know to throw out these things. You know, like it's just like watching a soccer match. And Martin Tyler throws some kind of stat out and you just don't think anything of it, but he could have maybe spent four or five hours one day just trying to find out if that stat was accurate or not. And I think that's something I learned as well, is that make sure your facts are right and make sure they're accurate, because if they're not, someone someone will pull you on it. Like and and, and rightly so, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's no point in saying a guy has has played fifty championship games if he's only played forty eight. Like, you know, it's, it's you have to get it right. And that's as I said, that's that's what people tune in to hear. They tune in to hear the facts, but you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're telling them the right thing too, like so. And uh, you have been heavily involved in coaching in Ireland uh, since you retired. Uh, you were killing around as well, about tip miners this year, and now going on to Holy Cross um, in Tipperary. 
But from the start, like going from playing perspective to coaching, did you find that hard to just start the start? No, no, I didn't. I suppose I, you know, I would have got involved with, with, with club teams, with club team here at home. And, you know, I would have been coaching kids in school all the time anyway. So as I said, I, I as soon as I finished up, I, I knew I wanted to get involved in coaching because I just, I'm just fascinated by, you know, the tactics in a game or, you know, how, how you could lay a team out or do something different. Um, I, I, I love watching the NFL from that point of view, just the tactical side of things and the different plays and, you know, how things are called in a split second. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really, I really enjoy this and I, I, I there's no comparison to playing, but I think being a coach or a manager is, is the closest thing you can get to it uh, as, as regards game day and preparation and being involved in the group. So, no, I, I didn't find the transition hard. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I love going, training a team and, you know, and seeing them progress and, you know, seeing, seeing maybe something you didn't train and seeing a team pull it off during a game when it matters most. And, um, I suppose we'd have got a massive, massive thrill this year with working with the minors because um, while we didn't win, it was massively proud of how they performed in the final and the work that we did in preparing them for us and the way we set them up, that they that they went out and they did it. And I suppose you, you get a kind of a thrill as a coach to see that you know a particular puck out worked or a particular player did 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 a job for you that you set out. And uh, I, I I really enjoyed it and look trying trying to learn all the time. And uh, I look forward to the year ahead now and try and try and learn a bit more as well. Like so, but uh, no, love the love the coaching, love the love the whole tactical side of it, and trying to get um, trying to find that one percenter as as I said, lot of times already on, on on how you can set up a team and how you can get an advantage over over the opposition. Like, do you always see yourself in a coaching capacity, or do you see yourself one day stepping in as an manager? Yeah, at the moment, coaching anyway. I think it's 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 Atlantic Ocean. The difference between the two jobs, people don't realize that. You're the manager. You're talking to everyone, and everyone that has a problem, they come to you. You're the coach, and you're going in, and you're coaching. And kind of, you know, after training is over, majority of the time, you don't have to worry too much about it until training again. Now, you might make contact with players, individuals, or with small groups, you know, pre-training or or, or post-training, or you know, just talk to lads, but. If someone really has a problem with how things are going, they will go to the manager. Um, if the physio has to be rang, that's the manager's job. Um, if you have to try and, and organize uh, a training venue, if you have to try and organize um, pitches, if you have to try and organize um, a second set of jerseys for a challenge game, that's all the manager's job. Like. So you know, the manager spends hours and hours on the phone, whereas a coach... While it's you know it's you know you have a responsibility to set up a team and how a system you want to play and that the manager trusts you as well, the coaching side of it is is nicer than being the manager and that's if I can put it like that and I think you know certain guys are meant to be coaches certain guys are meant to be managers at the moment I feel I'm meant to be a coach maybe in a few in the years to come I might I might look at it differently and you know I might might delve into the managing side of things. But um, I'm really enjoying the coaching thing at the moment anyway, and it's definitely something I'm going to try and continue to do for, for, for another few years anyway. I wish you best of luck with it all, Shane, and uh, thanks a million for your time.